The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. My name is Jeremy Wiseman. This is Jerry Karaya, Hello. and uh, it has been a wild, wild week in the precious metals market. Obviously, the big thing this week was the FOMC meetings and uh, the Federal Reserve Chairman, Nor- uh, Norm Powell, <laughs> Jerome Powell, comes out and did exactly what we expected he would do, Jerry. They are so backed into a corner, this Federal Reserve. As we broke on our show last week, and I started to see the news um, peripherate through through the blogospheres and on YouTube, that the Federal Reserve has lost money, that they are down a whole billions, and they come out, they say, "Well, we're going to pause, but believe you me, we're hawkish here. Oh, yeah. Believe you we're me, believe you me, we are going to be raising those rates, like you will not believe, but not right now, but not." Yet. not right now and it made me realize it made me think that raising rates they're ultimately raising rates on themselves and they're they're in a um position where everything they do is hurting them as much as it's hurting anybody else so we have to revisit the question of the pivot and when it's going to happen and certainly having gone to meetings now with pauses we can start to look into the future and say, look, things are going to get bad. It's only another black swan event away before, you know, the markets are already going down after this event. Gold and silver, though, sure, they went down a little bit, but they haven't really lost anything on the year, have they, Jerry? Not at all. Precious metals have been very buoyant over the past few months, over the course of the last few years, in fact. Um, despite hawkishness of the Federal Reserve being the jawbone Powell that he is. He talks a good talk, but he's not walking a good walk. The Federal Reserve is not doing its job. Their job is to maintain the purchasing power of the currency. That is being lost. Things are breaking. Debt is surging. Um, U.S. debt, people are now paying more than $2 billion per day in just interest expenses alone. And this is unsustainable. Things are cracking at the seams. Uh, stocks are being sold at a pace that we have never seen before. The monies are flowing, and they're flowing because the Federal Reserve and the systems underneath the Federal Reserve have lost all credibility, Jeremy. And that is the thing people are seeing right through it. Uh, Leonard Cohen, like Leonard Cohen wrote, everybody knows, Jeremy. Everybody knows. Absolutely, and you know these are uh, times where you need to fortify your future, and you need to be prepared for what's coming coming down the pike. And gold and silver are stores of value. And I think what is underestimated about gold and silver is this. How many days of the year is gold down versus how many days of the year is gold up? And is it possible to have more down days than up days and yet be on the winning side of the trade? And I believe that that's really what is happening in the gold and silver market. So when you have people who want to poo-poo the market and say, well, it's down, it's down, it's down, and you say, well, listen, I mean, have you looked at the year over year? Gold was trading in the 17 or lower a year ago, 1700 range. We're now up into the 1900 range. And yes, it's tested higher, it's lower. But 
on the whole, it's way up on, on the last year than where it was. And of course, if you're just looking day to day and you're only going to look at the price, then you will have an inaccurate perspective on what's happening. I like tennis. Look at tennis. You know what makes the difference between a guy who wins a match versus the guy who loses? 3%. That's mm. it. You win 3% more than you lose. Interesting. So you're losing 47% of the time. <laughs> if you went by that, imagine someone watched, was watching a, a match with you and they're saying, look, Djokovic missed again. Look, he, he missed again. He missed again. But he just won the U.S. Open. That's Why? Because right. it's only a 3% margin. Mm -hmm. What's the point here? The point is, is that for us, you have to look at the fundamentals. You've got to look at the fundamentals. How much does it cost to pull it out of the ground? How much is available? Supply, demand. How much is it being demanded? Anyone who listens to the show, congratulations to you, because you already know that the central banks have been buying it like crazy. If you had a printing press in your backyard, what would you go buy? Would you go buy dollars? Would you go buy uh, NFTs? Would you go buy a bunch of digital assets? Or would you go out and buy real things? Because you understand the magic of fiat currency because you have a printing press in your backyard. So believe me, central banks understand the illusion. Mm -hmm. They understand the illusion of currency that they call money. The first illusion is to start off with mixing up your definitions. That's right, redefine. Call it money. Well, if you can't pull out all of your money out of the bank in one shot and get the cash, then what is it that you have in the bank? Mm -hmm. Promises. A fugazi, <laughs> a fugazi. It doesn't exist. So this is the problem. We've moved into an era where money, quote unquote, actually currency, has become very expensive. It's going to only continue to get it more expensive. And how do you protect against that? Well, you buy things that are undervalued, specifically assets. Gold and silver against the debts are still extremely undervalued. If you look at them against how many ounces of gold it would take to buy a house, it is extremely undervalued. How many ounces of gold against the indices, the stock indices, extremely undervalued. So this is the opportunity to acquire the assets on the cheap because they're not going to be cheap for very long. Mm -hmm. So you have to look at ways to get involved in the market and what we suggest is actual physical, not exposure to the market through ETFs or gold-backed funds or certificates or anything where you have exposure to the market but actually no ownership. If you're going to really fortify your future, you have to own it. If you can't hold it, you don't own it. That's right. What are your thoughts on all that? No, I, I agree. And we had that conversation this week earlier with a few, a few people that came in and confused about the idea of getting the exposure necessary to, to you know, create a portfolio for, to strategically um, you know, acquire bullion for you know, wealth insurance, hedging for currency risks, and not understanding the, def the difference between the proxy, like a, like a mining share, versus the real ownership. When you're owning something like a mining share, you're also exposing yourself to, are they pulling out product out of the ground? Are they beating the street? What does the management team look like? What does the balance sheet look like? Inflation now is ravaging almost every single company. And now in miners, they're also having to pay more for gasoline, for, for diesel to get into. The, so the bottom line gets hit on these mining shares. Whereas with 
precious metals, there is zero counterparty risk. It is, you're not adding another layer of uncertainty, especially how uncertain these times are, Jeremy. With inflation and the pace at which the inflation is rising, Canada's inflation hit 4%. Is it at 4%? Likely not. It's much, much higher than that. So we don't have a proper gauge to determine you know, where is inflation? What is the pace at which we're losing our money or losing the purchasing power or the value of our currency? This is why we talk about these fundamentals on The Real Money Show, the fundamentals such as inflation, currency devaluation, supply and demand, and geopolitical. They're all moving in tandem. It's a four-piston vehicle moving. This is gas-powered. Silver and gold are ready to, and primed and ready to move higher. The number, one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. I think it's good to reiterate uh, on occasion that price is what you pay and value is what you get. We've, we've said, okay, gold and silver are undervalued. Well, how do you know that? You know, part of the trick against the people is to have them not understand the value of the dollar. If you ask anybody, what's the value of the Canadian dollar? They say, I don't know, 1.36 against the U.S. dollar? Okay. Well, what is the value of the U.S. dollar? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, so you have to understand value in order to be able to make proper economic decisions. And if the inflation rates that you're being told are based on on mathematics that aren't correct, where they're not putting in the right gauges, where they're disengaging certain gauges, then how are you supposed to understand the value? And this is why gold becomes so important. Now, we approach it from the sense of how many ounces of gold does it take to buy this, to buy that. And if, and if, it, if it's a lot, like we can look at the silver market. We've talked about you know, buying a house with silver. You, know, you probably need over 30,000 ounces of silver right now to buy a house. We could do the math. We'll, we'll do it in a <laughs> moment at the break. But it should probably only cost you 2,500 ounces, maybe 5,000 at mm -hmm. most. Mm -hmm. So you have to understand the value. And if you understand the value, then you would start to see that price is what you pay and value is what you get. And the price of silver at 24-something dollars an ounce, just shy of 24, gold trading at under $2,000 an ounce when the debt in the, in the U.S. is $33 trillion, the, the debt around the world is in the $300 trillion range, not including unfunded liabilities. How do you want to be in front of that Mack truck when it starts really collapsing? You don't want to be there. The idea is, again, fortify your future. Have some assets that keep their value, maintain it over a long term, and we have an opportunity right now to get them while they're low. They're still quite low, and you can do it direct with Guildhall. Just simply give us a call, go online. You can buy it direct. You can you can hold it in a vault facility. You can even hold it in a registered account, fully allocated, fully segregated. We've got those numbers right now. It takes thirty-three thousand eight hundred and twenty-six <laughs> ounces to buy a property in Toronto. That is absolutely ridiculous, and that's just for an eight hundred thousand dollar home. Not in Toronto. <laughs> so yeah, good luck finding a, a two a two car garage and three bedroom at eight hundred thousand that you don't it. have to put a, a ton of money in. So you're probably looking at more like sixty thousand ounces. Actually, you'd yep. probably double that. Yeah, that's just that tells you either real estate is way overvalued or silver specifically here is way undervalued. You look at across the stock market and you tell me what is undervalued. Everything is overvalued. 
Price to earning ratios are sky high. Still. And are these companies supposed to be making money in the future with all of the costs that they incur, as well as employees asking for more money? Let's talk about who's on strike, mm -hmm. employees on strike in the U.S. The number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. More to come on The Real Money Show on 640 Toronto. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. We're talking about physical precious metals. We'll also get into some natural fancy colored diamonds. But the idea is that if you're going to protect your wealth, you want to make sure that you actually own the physical asset, that you don't just have exposure to it, that you don't have counterparty risk, that if you're going to have insurance policy, you want to make sure that it does actually pay out. And that's what physical gold and silver do. They are store of value and they have been stores of value. Since time in memoriam, we've, we've realized that they're on the table of elements, that they're precious for a reason. They're still pulling out coins out of the ground, Jerry, from thousands of years ago, and they're in great condition. They're in perfect condition. Why? Because gold doesn't erode. It doesn't corrode. You could have a little tarnish on your silver, but that's it. You just polish it back up. It's perfect. Mm -hmm. We have people call in. They say, hey, listen, my, my silver's tarnished. It's like, that's I mean, a good sign. You've great. got real silver. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> if it's got a warm environment, some moisture in the environment, it's going to happen. It's a, it's a sign that you've got some real product on your hand. But again, they're, they're on the table of elements. They are precious for a reason. They've been stores of value forever. They're going to continue to do that. I think the question is, Jerry, I think that without seeing the big one happen, Without seeing silver rocket to $300 an ounce, which I think is in the future, is in our future here. Without seeing gold go to $10,000 an ounce, people think, well, it's just not worth it. And I, I truly believe that that's a seeing is believing attitude. It's I'm not going to believe silver can go to 50 until it goes to 50. And at $50, maybe I'll put some money in at that point which defeats the purpose. You have to look at the fundamentals. You have to look at the numbers, look at the supply demand, mm -hmm. look at the inflation and tell yeah. me this thing is overvalued. So talk to us about that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, exactly. You have, we have to look at the market fundamentals and soberly and remove all emotions and decide for yourself. You know, many people have become the fund managers for their family. They've taken that responsibility away from their usual uh, planner. And as is the case for many people, and this I think this trend will continue because the answers are not being given, the answers of what to do in a stagflationary environment. But, you know, we, we're getting a lot of professionals actually turning to precious metals. Um, portfolio managers are actually including precious metals now in the narrative, which is great. It's very refreshing, and it, and it gives us a boost to know that we are on the right side. Once again, gold is always on the right side of history. Gold and silver always prove have always proven themselves because the system is this, has been the exact same thing. You've you debased the currency, you disadvantage the savers, and you eventually destroy the currency. And all assets are denominated in a currency that is being dismantled. And dismantled by central planners who are not acting in our best interest. They're, they're, they're acting for their own purposes, very short-term thinking, and they're trapped as you know the the fed spoke this week there was a commodities weekly wrap up 
the precious metal sector uh, was uh, was given a report by Saxo Bank. I love bringing Ole Hansen's work. He's the head of commodity strategy with the bank. And his headline uh, this week, or actually this morning, was a print saying precious metals up despite the Fed's higher for longer message. His summary concluded that precious metals led by silver were among the surprise winners in a week that saw bond yield spike and expectations for future rate cuts load. And we conclude that the breakdown in normal correlations is likely due to a market in search of a hedge against the Federal Reserve failing to deliver a soft as opposed to a hard landing or even stagflation. So hard landings, stagflation, precious metals, and this thing called correlations where we usually see negative correlated assets, bonds and stocks, usually moving in, in, in opposite directions are now moving in tandem. Um, just this week, Zero Hedge commented on that. We are now back in that world where rising inflation expectations are causing stocks and bonds to co-move. This was written, Jeremy, years ago. We often bring up the Ibbotson Associates article, the report that was written back in 2011, gave us a you know, great overview as to why the most negatively correlated asset class to stocks and US dollar is being ignored by financial planners. And this negatively correlated asset happens to be physical gold. So today, fast forward, these implications, now we're seeing a co-move in stocks and bonds, has two pivotal implications. The first one, bonds are no longer a portfolio hedge. And two, bonds are not a recession hedge. Why? So, Why is that? Well, because they're moving in tandem, Jeremy. <laughs> they're not moving in opposite directions. They're no longer negatively correlated. They're now co-moving together. So therefore, they're not hedged. You don't have the balance in the portfolio. If stocks normally go up, bonds usually temper down versus you know, if, if bonds start to move up, stocks are, stocks are moving down. Now today, bonds and stocks are correlated. They're moving and stock bond ratio is positive again after two decades. So this where do we find our hedge? What is the safe haven? And this is why financial planners are looking to gold and silver. Um, and I think that's it's heating up, you know, with this talks of stagflation. What is in the portfolio? That is the question. What is in the portfolio that can defend against stagflation? Your thoughts on this on this um, weekly wrap up from Saxo Bank? Well, um, it's interesting because Bix Weir on his show this week talked about, and you mentioned this briefly, that there's a family firm I believe out of Miami called Baymount or Baymont, and they just bought um, two, 24 million shares of the SLV back in the second quarter. And obviously at that level of acquisition, you can take delivery of the product. And to see a family firm, a small family firm, take, take that much of a position in the, in the metals market says that there are a lot of savvy investors out there looking for alternatives to the bond market and looking at actual assets. Now, again, you know the majority of people who who invest, I put invest in a, in an ETF because there's a counterparty risk, are not in a position to take delivery. You have to be able to take. You have to be able to. You have to be a very big investor to be able to take delivery of the product. In other words, you have to kind of be a VIP before they even look at you. So the fact that there's now these family firms, and for the listeners of our show, longtime listeners know that I think last year there was there was an entity, some one individual in the United States bought $50 million worth of silver. 
So there's definitely bigger and bigger money coming into the precious metals market for people that know what's going on. And I think, you know, follow the smart money, right? At the same time, you know, last week we talked about the premium rise, the difference between East versus West in terms of premiums, that the premiums are on the rise in in the East. And, um, you know, I think that would be a good point to bring up some Gold Telegraph comments. Uh, China is seeing very interesting things concerning gold premiums. Remember, domestic firms that need to purchase 50 million or more will now require approval from the People's Bank of China. And China has been stockpiling gold for a reason. That's huge. Um, this is something else from Gold Telegraph. China asks big banks to stagger and adjust dollar purchases in order to alleviate downside pressure on the yuan. So they're looking to kind of acquire gold without having it pressure the yuan. Um, gold premium in China hit a record. China is the largest producer of gold on the planet. The People's Bank of China has bought gold for 10 consecutive months. China has cut holdings of U.S. Treasuries to the lowest level since 2009. China's central bank will now scrutinize large purchases of dollars. More and more countries are using the yuan for international trade, and Saudi Arabia has also cut its holding of U.S. Treasuries to a six-year low. Before I keep going on with this, do you think that has anything to do with the bond market going becoming uh, positively correlated to stocks, that all of these entities are letting go of, of Treasuries? You know, they're not. They're, this is exactly what it is. It's de-dollarization. Treasuries are being dumped. And as a result, the bonds are no longer a safe haven. This is the trust of the of the U.S. Treasury now that's at stake here, and the Federal Reserve is having to foot that bill. The de-dollarization de de trend is going to continue rapidly. Now we're seeing huge market. Indonesia is the latest to join this de-dollarization de trend. This is massive. This is a huge an another nail in the coffin for U.S. dollar control hegemony. Um, world global trade and control uh, this is going to be a huge impact and we have to follow the, the chinese market we have to tr follow these the BRIC nations because this these nations represent now probably more than half of the world's gdp this is a strategic move that they're doing in, in china the reserves keep climbing month over month reserves physical reserves are climbing to a point where the outflows coming out of the etfs is rapidly you know being undertaken the family offices, I can see them taking delivery as well. This is a big family coming into the market. And everyone's paying attention to this. And, and I love the fact that we have, you know, Jamie Carrasco out of Toronto, Canaccord Genuities, once again, came on, the, came on the dial this week on X on Twitter and talking about this phenomenon, talking about this trend of, of following what's going on with the East versus West uh, disparity. He wrote this week, regardless of the initial bullish reaction from the Fed's announcement, don't be surprised by the, by the smackdown in the paper price of gold, the paper price at the comics. For a long time now, he says, the, alg the algorithms have never allowed the paper price to rise higher than the price it was prior to any Fed announcement until the week after. They don't want the Western investors to figure it out, figure out it's not just a pet rock. They will have to figure out that on their own at a very expensive cost. And he writes, however, true price discovery is afoot and continues moving east as the Shanghai Exchange, the 
gold opened higher and currently trading at $2,015. Right now, it's about $2,030 right now, whereas gold right now is trading in the U.S. in North American markets at about $1,940. Still almost a $100 premium right now as we speak. Asian demand is for real money, and it continues strong across the region, and we have to continue to follow it, Jamie says, Oriental Ghost for updates on. So we recommend, shout out to Oriental Ghost, Buy, he's doing a great job out there releasing the data that we need to show. And this is not just happening in gold, this is happening in the silver market as well. The amount of silver leaving the exchanges going into private hands, it's uncanny. And silver is a very small market compared to gold. It's a strategic market. I think it's, it's a... I think it's a national security issue. If you run low on silver, this this is uh, this is going to impact uh, the the military, the military industrial complex. They need the silver at the at this very moment, especially with the geopolitical stuff rising. Especially here in Canada, we have to see what's what's happening with Canada and India relations. Yeah. So so I'm what I'm hearing is coiled spring, premiums rising in Asia, prices rising in Asia, still able to get the product at a lower rate here coiled spring this is going to take off it's going to be huge it's it's an opportunity to protect wealth it's an opportunity to grow wealth as long as you do it the right way if you if you're going to be diy about all of this you could make a lot of mistakes in the market you could end up doing the wrong things you could end up you know buying investing in things as opposed to owning things and not quite understanding costs and not being able to put things in the right perspective of how this all works so you know it's important to have the conversations learn about the market understand the fundamentals to properly fortify your future but gold and silver have a lot of room to run here so give us a call the numbers one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com of course buy it direct go online give us a call make an appointment come direct to the office hold it in a vault facility store your wealth protect your wealth make it easy to liquidate on a phone call or even consider a registered account what a great way to physically hold fully allocated fully segregated you own it but it's held in a vault facility outside the banking system and you can take advantage of the upcoming and current bull market in precious metals real money show on 640 toronto we'll be right back you're listening to a paid commercial program unless otherwise identified guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser the opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of chorus entertainment welcome back to the real money show the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com give us a call get a package learn about how to hold physical precious metals in a registered account Great way to diversify a retirement portfolio with real money. And that's why we call it the Real Money Show. Jerry, you mentioned that silver was a national security issue, and I, I was I thought that was interesting because in at the same time I was thinking about ESG. That ESG is disappearing fast. That less and less companies are interested. The um, the funds, uh, the mutual funds that include companies with ESG are failing. They're not doing well. It's just being abandoned left, right, and center. Um, and I was thinking the other day about silver with that regard because we've talked on the show in the past about how there really isn't enough silver to be able to accommodate the concept of, well, let's get off, quote-unquote, fossil fuels, which I thought was interesting because what I heard, Jerry, is that most fossils are at 15,000 feet, but we, but we drill for oil at 30,000 feet. 
I'd love to be uh, someone to talk to us about that. But if you're <laughs> drilling for oil below the fossil fuel line, what are we actually calling it? Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> that's a good one. I, I don't know. It's one of those. Oh, that's kind of a weird thing. Um, anyway, the the thing is, is that there's not enough silver for to to have enough solar panels to go off quote unquote fossil fuels and all of these things. But it is industrial metal, and even if you even if you don't go with the, with solar power, you're still going to use it in all sorts of things. Like if every single car. Um, you know, uh, electric car went off the road, it doesn't change the demand on silver for industrial usages or, or upcoming usages in the market. So it does make sense that in many respects, it is a national security issue because you do need it, not just for military, but for all sorts of other things. Everything. <laughs> you know, you want to talk about a potential housing crisis, you know, you could say that, well, what do you think goes into the, the glass? What goes into the glass that they make? There's silver in it, right? There's all sorts of usages. It's in medical usages. It's in um, anything electronic, anything digital. You have a light switch. Guess what? There's a silver contact in that. You have a refrigerator. Guess what? There's silver in it. That's right. You have a you have a cell phone. Silver in it. You you watch TV. Silver in it. You drive a car. Silver in it. There's nothing that isn't electronic or digital that you don't use in your everyday life. You want to love Bitcoin? Love Bitcoin. Guess what? You're gonna need a computer to turn it on. You need silver. Speaking of Bitcoin, remember what was that thing you brought up this week regarding uh, Mark Cuban? Oh my gosh, Jerry, why didn't we talk about this right off the gate? So apparently, we mentioned him before, right? We talked uh, okay, about his. Okay, so thank you. Let's let's go to the beginning on this. So we talked um, what three weeks ago, maybe four weeks ago, that there was an interview with Mark Cuban on Bill Maher's new show, where they get drunk, they smoke cigars, and they chit chat. That's his, I think that's his show. I don't know. I've just seen clips. And uh, Mark, uh, Bill Maher says, yeah, I own gold. You know, I buy gold. I think he does ETFs or something. I own gold. And Mark Cuban went off on him, trying to make him feel like an absolute idiot. Just said, you are a – I think he came just short of saying you're an idiot for holding gold. But you get the drift. Well, the news headline came out this week that Mark Cuban got hacked and lost $850 million worth of Bitcoin. 850, I thought you said 85 million. Was it 85? Eight, no, I think you. No, 85 million, I'm sorry, 85 million. Yeah, it was a, it was a lot. Oh. oh, sorry, 850,000, 850,000. Still. That's right, sorry, we're talking like Fed and debt and <laughs> you, you get into These the big, big numbers, yeah. but no, $850,000 was apparently hacked. So he, you know, I'm sure, Everyone in the crypto industry is like, why didn't you have it off an exchange? Why wasn't it in a wallet or not just in a wallet, but on a Trezor? Like, it's almost like, that's you know, I think some people would say that's a rookie mistake. Nonetheless, nonetheless. A rookie mistake coming from the CEO of a basketball. You, you do not hear stories about uh, $850,000 worth of gold being hacked, no. being stolen, you know? Listen, if it got stolen out of a out of a vault, you're insured. You're fully insured. That's right. Right? They have such a strong security that you, there's no need to pay out the insurance cuz it doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. So I wonder if I'm sure Bill Maher is not saying anything, but <laughs> I'm <laughs> sure he's right. Hey, hey Mark, I, I 
I'd love to get you back on the show. <laughs> That's right. You know what, Bill, Bill Maher, I mean, kudos to that guy for at least holding some. But I mean, you know, to, to lambast a man for holding gold, I mean, something that has a, a track record of, you know, providing value for many families, many, many institutions and royalty, um, for this guy to come out and say, you know, to discredit someone from holding gold and getting hacked. Gold cannot get hacked. And the fact that you have to move your Bitcoin, I do it. I mean, you got to move your crypto off the exchange. Similarly, you have to move your wealth away from particular systems, maybe a digital banking system, maybe, maybe a fractional reserve system. But the fact is, you need to get away from digital. And the main message with physical precious metals is to undigitize your wealth. The numbers that are showing up in your bank right now are just digital ones and zeros, binary code. When you go to the bank, you mentioned earlier, you want to go take it all out in one shot. You're not getting your money. You got to order it. So you got to come back in maybe a week. And tell them why you're doing it. And why you're doing it. That's right. You got to explain yourself. You don't have to explain yourself with gold. They have to explain themselves as to why you should not be holding gold. And that is my argument. Why shouldn't I be holding gold? Why shouldn't I be holding silver? Hey, listen, I, bought, I started buying gold at, I think, 480 or 580 an ounce. Um, I bought a little bit at the peak in 2011. But let me tell you, as a long-term holder of physical gold, and silver for that matter, they've done spectacularly well. They've not only kept up with inflation, they've built wealth, and they've kept up the wealth the whole time. The purchasing power is maintained. So I always look to have a little bit more in the portfolio, and I like what it's done long-term in the RSPs as well. And that's certainly what w we invite everyone to do. Give us a call, one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com, and learn about how to hold physical assets in a portfolio like a registered account, RSP, TFSA, Lira, Lith, RIF. Now we have the home buyers. Uh, there's a new first program, time. first time home buyers. It's kind of like a TFSA. Um, I think the limit's 8,000. Great place to start. We talked about in the last segment, right now you need what, 60,000 ounces to buy a home uh, of, of silver. Well, imagine what happens when silver goes to north of $50, let's say, comfortably into the hundreds of dollars. It's gonna make up a lot of time in terms of your purchasing power. So give us a call, learn about that. Um, let's talk about some colored diamonds in the next segment because there's been some crazy things happening in the white diamond market as well as the colored diamond market and those are very different markets. The, again, the number 18778silver, the website, guildhallwealth.com. More to come on The Real Money Show on 640 Toronto. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number 18778silver and the website, guildhallwealth.com. Jerry, as you know... And as our listeners know, we do offer natural fancy colored diamonds. They can play also a pivotal role in a portfolio, a long-term role, a multi-generational role. You know, I was talking with a client today, um, tax accountant, very interesting. Um, though we didn't, we didn't talk too much about specific tax stuff, but it's just interesting to note that when you think about real estate, you think about all the entities and things you have to go through and all of the hidden taxes, even right down to hiring a lawyer and they're going to charge you tax on top, right? That's right. 
things like that. Land transfer taxes. What other taxes? I don't know. Um, you're going to pay taxes on uh, your hydro. You're going to pay taxes on the insurance, on all sorts of the, the tax, just tax, tax, tax. And then now, if you think about wanting to own real estate, we were laughing, Jerry, this week. What is it with all of these real estate investors? They're, they're masquerading like they're gold bucks or something. Their, their podcasts are all talking the same sort of economic mm -hmm. awakening that we do on our show. But who wants to be a landlord right now? You're it's limited difficult. to what you, can, what you can charge someone. You can't raise their rent. Um, your mortgage costs are going up. But you have to fix the property. Mm -hmm. You're going to be called at tw you know at midnight saying this is broken, this is broken, and guess what? To fix all that is more expensive. And property, taxes. you know, you know how much a toilet cost uh, eight years ago versus today. <laughs> okay, it, everything's more expensive. Colored diamond, you don't have any of that. You don't have to deal with any of that. You might pay the taxes once, but there's no ongoing fees, right? There's mm -hmm. no ongoing costs. That's right. It's not like a subscription, you know, there's no payments, you're done, you own it. And colored diamonds have continued to rise over the last decade and a half. They've, they've rarely seen any pullbacks ever. Yellow diamonds in 2008 had a pullback. We've seen plateaus, but we've never seen dro drops like we've seen no. in the stock market this week. It just doesn't happen. So uh, listen to this. This came from uh, Liebisch's website. Liebisch is a colored diamond uh, seller out of Israel. Um, big in the market. In fact, uh, you, you probably remember that one of the last Argyle tenders, he bought the whole thing. Mm -hmm. He got a whole bunch of investors and said, guys, this is, this is an investment, trust me. And he bought out the whole lot. Good for them. So he, he wrote this, uh, statistics reveal an historical price uptick for diamonds from 2010 through 2020 of about 45%. Fancy diamonds fared even better. Those white diamonds went up 40%. Uh, in 2020, um, the pandemic unexpectedly opened new channels for introducing us to new clients who never dreamt of spending 100K or more uh, with a virtual vendor. Today, it's a commonplace occurrence. COVID-19 created a perfect storm for investors and connoisseurs to ramp up their acquisitions of fancy color, fancy pink diamonds. While all fancy colored diamonds soared in price over the last couple of years, I wouldn't say soared, but they're definitely moving higher. There's been a good uptick across the board, all colors, blues, oranges, yellows, pinks. Um, but pinks in particular, especially Argyles, have shot through the roof. The reason's pretty straightforward. The closing of the Australian Argyle mine permit permanently shut the door on acquiring any more natural pink diamonds. This reality made serious investors redouble their focus on Argyle pink diamonds. There's really no alternative for Argyle's extraordinary pink and red stones and investors looking for pink diamond know Argyle diamonds are still the absolute best option. Well said. Uh, they are moving up. What we, what we do though is while those prices are increasing, we have acquired them at a certain rate, as, as have some of our clients. And we're willing to pass that value on to the next clients. But I truly believe in seeing the fact that that stream, that supply has been cut off. No more pinks coming to the market. They produce 90%, which means all you're left with is 10%. You're going from a drip to just a ping once every couple years mm -hmm. is what's going to happen to the pinks which means other diamonds are going to be alternative 
alternatives. And so their prices are going to rise because that demand, that void gets filled somewhere. So consider a pink diamond and consider what they're doing. White diamonds are falling. They're falling right now because the, um, the engineered diamonds are killing the market, right? Um, but, you know, if you bought a Rolex watch, if you bought a real Rolex versus an engineered Rolex or a reverse engineered or fake Rolex, let's just be honest, <laughs> which one are you going to get money back for? The real one. The real one. That's Absolutely. the one that goes up in value. It's the real stuff, not a digital asset, the real asset, right? Not the, the, um, the digital picture, mm -hmm. the real picture. So these diamonds are, are rising. I wanted to just quickly talk about this one that we have. We've got a 0.29 fancy intense pink. It's a VS2. It's an emerald cut. Now it's just over a quarter carat. But this is the type of diamond, first of all, that's never been offered at, at the Argyle Tender. Nothing like it has ever been offered. Right. Um, I remember a diamond like this selling for like $22,000 back maybe just over a decade ago. And today they're double, mm -hmm. easily double, 45 grand. But something like this in the next 10 years, if we keep going the way we're going, it's a $100,000 asset. Phenomenal. And this is a type of asset class that you want to be looking at to diversify your hard asset portfolio. You mentioned volatility where in other asset classes, you just don't have that volatility in this particular market. We're all for hard assets. We love our watches. We love real estate at some points, maybe some classic cars. There are times for every type of hard asset to add to your portfolio. It's called diversification for the purpose of adding some uncorrelated assets, decorrelated assets to dollar denominated assets. Now we're seeing a report coming from Crestcat Capital written by Tavi Costa talking about the redefining the 60-40 portfolio, the paper to paper portfolio. And they have a chart that shows you that US treasuries and bonds are now more volatile than gold. And they're believing that the conventional investment strategies are poised to undergo a significant restructuring placing a prominent emphasis on investments in hard assets. What is your hard asset? Is it just real estate? It could be a classic car. We have a client that just brought his classic car by. Phenomenal. Is it a watch? We want you to look at an investment grade. Pink Argyle stone. I love this stone. It looks almost borderline red. The emerald on it, it's a perfect cut. And if, if you're in the market for something in around the $50,000 budget, this one is for you. I can't wait to show this to, to some clients. This is one of my favorite. I do have the report. So if you do want the report, I can send that your way. We have a, a great write-up from, uh, from Nicole. She did a write-up uh, about a month and a half ago. So I'd be more than happy to send that over. The number, one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. Well, that does it for the show this week. Uh, we'll just have to keep watching all of the developing stories, but we truly believe that if you're going to fortify your future, you have to hold, hold physical assets. We're, we're not your advisor. Please talk to the people that you trust. This is, for us, just a great way to protect wealth. I've done it for years. Jerry's done it for years. We've seen the results. You can go to our trust pilot and see the results from our clients and what they have to say about Guildhall. If you've missed a show, check us out on YouTube. The number one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. Can't wait to speak to you 
next week here on The Real Money Show on 640 Toronto. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.